only ever be where you are right now. What is your podcast? It's the major investment in your life, right? The journey will always be your journey. Yes, what's up, people? It's Adam here from the Bottled Your Podcast. Welcome to episode 78. Today, we're going to be diving in on how to evolve from your mistakes in life. All right, we've got some ridiculous context today, my friends. We've got an email straight off the press, literally came into my inbox this morning from a lovely young lady in the US who is involved in some cheating shit party in which that she went into an affair with a dude who's married, she's single. But then he started treating her differently, I believe. And then all of a sudden, she goes and tells some other co-worker about that, who then goes and tells a whole bunch of other people. Reputation's destroyed. Shit blowing up. It's dangerous stuff we're talking about right here. Now, that's the context for today. I hope you guys are doing well. I just got a little too excited by that. I hope you guys are doing well. And yes. So if it's been three weeks, which it has, it's been three weeks since the last podcast, here's why. Because that's actually a really, I think that's probably one of the longest breaks we've ever taken from Potter's. Uh, it is because for those of you that don't know, I just turned 25 years age, years of age, uh, two weekends ago. And the morning after my 25th birthday, I went and filmed an absolute cinematic beast in which that I laid down the greatest lesson I've learned over the last 25 years of my life. So that's not your five minute edit. I've been editing every day since that, sometimes for eight hours, sometimes for five hours, just Basically, the idea is that I am just fully immersed in that in which I don't like to make other content. So but so why this today then? Because I should be editing right now, yet I'm sitting down here because I was about to say her name. I'm not going to say her name because I don't want to have to do any post-editing and beep shit. Let's stay on point here, Adam. Get that noodle working. I am going to call her... I'm going to call her Sakura for sure. Let's call her Sass. We'll call her Sass, okay? It's because why is so far from her actual name? So I'm calling her Sass. Sass, when, she, when Sass sent this email, I felt such a pull to dive into this because, you know, she's like talking about how she can't sleep, she can't eat. This is fucking with her, her psychology. It's just completely turning her life into a spiral and a cyclone in which she doesn't know how to deal with. And it just kind of, it tugged on my heartstrings a little bit. Now, for those of you that are like, but Adam, hey, Adam. I sent you an email a couple weeks ago. I sent you my DM on Gra- on the gram a couple weeks ago. What are you talking about? Yes, I've got like probably six or seven other podcasts I need to make based on really rich context as well. But this is the richest. This is where there's so many different angles. There's so many things to dive in on. There's so many perspectives of learning that you guys can get from this. Now, listen, I know my audience. I know that 90% of you are dudes and 10% of you are female for the most part. Getting, it's growing. It's, it's, it's getting a little more balanced. And that used to, like, you check back in two years ago, that's a 1% female, if that, 0.1. So if you're a dude listening to this thinking that, oh, well, I probably don't need to listen to this because uh, it's from a female perspective. No, that's why you need to listen to this. That's why this is more important than all the other contexts and stories I have, which are from dudes, because this one here, it's when you can try and, unpackage things from another perspective that you're just so foreign to thinking in it just it just helps you grow you feel the neurons in your brain connecting in ways that you have not yet felt before so that's why i like it there's that reason for why i want to do it with you guys in this way but also for myself it's like ah, i just felt the heart the heart pull to it and it's just something i want to do i want to get it let's go so that's context for it. By the way, if you guys aren't following me on Instagram at UiTang1, you better be there because it's been like three weeks since YouTube content. This is now on Instagram. It's every single bloody day though. So you get over there, you follow me up, you share with your friends and you tell your mum. All right, let's go. Yes, hope you guys are doing well. Before we dive into this, so I've got this email from Sass. And what's in the water? For those of you that would love to know, because apparently a lot of you guys like to know what's in the water. This is some alkaline balanced, I think it's pH 3.8 or 8.3, one of the two. Some Tuscan Alp shit. It's good shit. And uh, it's got Himalayan rock salt, as usual, lemon, lime, and ginger. Bang. There you go. But Adam, where's the matcha? I already had my matcha this morning. Chill. So I'm going to read out this email and shit's going to get real tactical. We're going to talk about how, yeah, how to evolve from these mistakes in life. And we're going to unpackage that. So let's go. Gotta be really careful of not using names here. So Sass sent me this email sometime last night in based on my time, but I only read it this morning. It's hot off the press. And she says to me, Adam, 
I'm a female, so I know this message may be hard to tackle for you, but I'm in desperate need of some wisdom. A while back, I entered into an affair with a co-worker of mine, in brackets, let's call him B, in brackets, who was married, in brackets, for reference, I am single, in brackets. At first, we were solid friends, hung out quite often alone, and confided in each other about personal stuff. I even was vulnerable enough to share with him some of my insecurities I dealt with as a female. When the affair began, we promised to keep it as a secret, as it could seriously damage his reputation. Shortly after the affair began, the dynamic, dynamic, the dynamic of our friendship changed, and I felt like he was distant with me. That's interesting. We're gonna, we'll come back to that. Anyways, she says, He only wanted to interact with me alone. I had a loss in my family, and he wasn't there for me. It felt like he used me for sexual gain and didn't care to be a friend anymore. So yes, I can admit that out of hurt and bitterness, I shared our affair with another male co-worker of mine, in brackets, let's call him Tubbs, in brackets. I sought his advice and wisdom during this time. Long story short, Tubbs, after months of knowing, decided to share that information with a group of people. Knowing the affair is out there, number one, I am embarrassed, ashamed that I ever played a part in that kind of relationship. Hmm, sounds like a uh, sounds like another girl that I know. Continuing on, number two, I feel terrible knowing that I exposed that secret. My intentions were never to hurt B, and I hate myself for it. Number three, I feel stupid for sharing my heart with Tubbs and not thinking at the moment that by me sharing, he could potentially go out and share with others. All this to say, in capitals here, how do I move on? How do I take control of my life again when I have all this hurt, disappointment, and shame? I've allowed this to torment for a solid three weeks now. It's to the point where I can't eat or sleep without this whole situation resurfacing and robbing me of my joy. In capitals, all caps, please any wisdom welcomed. Ah, sass, sass, that's some shit. That is some shit. There's angles for days in that. So that's you got now you guys can see why this why you would think when Adam is so balls deep in his cinematic project here, why I want to sit down to this today. It's just it's ridiculously real. It's so it's so relevant to everyone. And you know, I mentioned like cheekily as I was reading out that story. I mentioned how sounds like another girl I know when she said that she feels ashamed that she ever took part in this type of relationship. That harkens back to the previous potter, the first part of the potter we did with the female perspective on cheating. I think it's called Why Girls Cheat or Why Guys Why Guys Cheat. And the girl who emailed me in that potter also said the same thing. I feel ashamed. I feel ashamed of being involved in this thing. So that's just something interesting that I just want to highlight there. Not going to unpack that yet. That might pop up a little bit later. <clears throat> okay, so raw thoughts. What am I thinking straight up? What I'm thinking is that she's already done so much good. Now, that might sound a little bit weird. Like, it sounds like there's a lot of shady shit going on here. Yes, there's some shade. However, the thing that I said to her, oh, oh hold a hold a hold your horses here, Adam. Also, guys, I forgot to mention, because this only came in this morning, generally speaking, I would, I would pry for more context. I would ask a lot more questions, which I did. However, she has not responded to that yet, and it's even a miracle that I'm recording this right now, So, and it's not that big of a deal if I don't know these small details. I just like them for my own mind, so I can be a little bit more assured and confident in what I'm saying. When, let's be honest here, when I'm not. So, anyways, the questions I asked her in response to that was, how old, is, how old is Sass? How old is B? How old is Tubbs? And what at the time seemed enticing to you about entering the affair with B? That's just from my own personal understanding. It's not going to affect the potter though. And anyways, so back on track. The reason why the reason why I say that she's already done a lot of good is because she's already done the first thing I would recommend that anyone does. It's the first thing I'd recommend myself do if I made a tremendous mistake in my life. Take responsibility, full acknowledgement, full responsibility, call what it is, play it all out in your mind, turn every tile, all right, take every blinder off, let's get to the truth of this and find out, well, what did I do? What did he do? What did this other guy do? And what was it all really about, right? So you illuminate everything, you just illuminate everything because it's the denial of what actually happened and specifically, if we want to talk about your ability to find joy in this life, 
It's solely predicated on your ability, solely predicated on your ability to illuminate what you did. There's definitely reason and there's definitely some love in working out and trying to understand why others did what they did, but it's not nearly as important, in my mind anyway, as trying to work out why you did what you did. When you can come to that understanding of why did I do what I did, illuminate that, then you won't repeat the same mistakes. You know, I just put up a post on the gram the other day about how mistakes are fine. The same mistake's not fine. Mistakes are fine. The same mistake is not fine. So what does that mean is that I never want to fall over the same rock twice. And I, I don't want to dive into that whole post because it's a whole post in and of itself. But essentially the, uh, the gem of what I'm saying there is that if SAS was to go forward from or try to go forward, attempt to go forward through the situation and not with a real clear understanding of why she did what she did, what it was that she did, how it all came to be from her end, then she would never find joy. Because the denial of what actually happened and why you did it, well, well, I did it because of this, I did it because of that. And and you know that's not the truth of it. You know that I'm really just making up shit. Like let me just oh hold up, I'm gonna reset here. Let me just come back to the email here for a second. We'll go grounded in this. So she goes, uh, you know, she said here, like, I'm, I'm embarrassed. I'm ashamed that I ever played a part in that kind of relationship. I feel terrible knowing that I exposed that secret. My intentions were never to hurt B. I hate myself for it. I feel stupid for sharing, sharing my heart with Tubbs and not thinking at the moment that by me sharing, he could be. So listen to the self-awareness here. Listen to the illumination as I refer to it as. That's the most important thing that she's done, at least from the beginning. That is where you begin. Just self-acknowledging. So guys, as you know, we use these emails, we use this context, we use these DMs as the ground through which our roots will be grounded. However, I'm going to take it out macro and allow it to allow your minds to marinate in what that could mean for your life. So what's going on here? It's that whenever you make a mistake in life, you must at first, immediately, as soon as possible, just acknowledge the fact that you did in fact make a mistake, that you did do wrong by someone else that you did do wrong by yourself. If you can get to that place as soon as possible, that's like the launch pad. That's the foundations of your temple in which you're going to rebuild from. But if you never do that, then you're just walking around blind. You're just walking around with this cloud over your head. And if you, and you guys know I love the hurt locker. That's my, that's my go-to. You know, your emotional hurt locker, it's like you've always got a key to it. This experience that you've got locked away in it, that's got this one particular key for it. You, you'll never be able to throw away that key and take away whatever's in that hurt locker if you cannot illuminate what your mistake was. So the fact that Sass has done this from the get, she's already done so much good there. So do that in your own lives. Whatever you're going through right now, right? If you're losing sleep, if you're losing eats over something that is just causing tremendous turmoil within your, turmoil within your life, then come to an understanding of, well, listen, I've got to take full responsibility for it, full acknowledgement that, yes, while there are other parties to this, I don't control their actions. And at the end of the day, buck stops with me. End of the day, all of this starts with me. Because this situation does not arise without me. So if you can acknowledge that, take that in, you're going to be better off. Now, I don't want to keep going back to the email for a second because then I don't allow my thoughts to run. Get that timer up. Get that timer up. There you go. So next thing, what I would say from there, this is going to be such a tactical photo. It's going to be such a tactical photo because it probably won't be that long actually. Oh, say that now. But where does my mind go next? So she says, like, how do I move on from this? How do I, you know, rebuild, get my life back together, start moving forward? Well, once you've done the acknowledgement, step one, step two for me is let's process. Let's process. Let's get ourselves back on the journey. Let's start walking again. Because if you think about it, when shit goes down, when something like this happens where the affair got out and because of you as well. So there's even more responsibility here. You take yourself off the path in that moment. And as you said, you haven't been, you probably not, I could take a fair swing at, you're not living life to your best right now. You're not doing the things that make you feel great. You're probably not eating amazingly. As you said, you're probably not sleeping fantastically. As you said, you're probably not training. You're probably not enjoying a great social life with different friends and family and, and your purpose in life as well, Sass. How's that going for you? How's that going for you when this is when this shit's going on in your life? That's why it's so important to now get back on the process of which is that journey. Now, how do we do this? And why? Not just how, but why. Let's start with why. 
Why? Because as human beings, progress is relative. Progress is relative. As long as we are progressing, we feel good. So that's the first thing that I look out of myself is that I fucked. If I fucked up, if I made a huge mistake, uh, I'm trying to think of like a, what was the last time I made a huge mistake? All right, it'll come to me at some point, but staying on track here because this is going well. <laughs> it's going well. I don't want to dive into the memory bank. If uh, when you make this huge mistake, if you can get as soon as possible onto this well, okay, let's get back to progression. Let's get back to involvement. Let's get back to creating the life that which we desire. And if you can do that, hey, it's all relevant in the sense that it only takes one step. It's only one step because right now, Sass, you're off the journey. You're not even walking. So if you can just get back on, drag your ass back on and take the first step. Now, what is the first step? The first step now is, well, you can't, we kind of went into a little bit. You kind of, yeah, you did. We did go into it. You've already done the acknowledgement and responsibility. Bang, fantastic. Now, second thing after that is, okay, now let's get the lessons. Let's derive the lessons from this experience in which that we will never make this mistake again. Because as I said before, and it's popping up organically now, as I said before, never going to fall over the same rock twice. Never going to fall over the same rock twice. That should be one of your mantras in life. That should be, it's fine to make mistakes, just not the same mistakes again and again and again, right? Because they only get more painful. They only get more, more painful to get your awareness of it. So what we're going to do is we're going to absolutely derive the shit out of each and every single lesson from this experience to make sure it never happens again. So let's look at this for a second. Let's get, let's get a little micro here for a second, right? You entered an affair with a dude who was married. Now, looking back in retrospect, do you think that's a good idea? I'm not saying that facetiously. I'm not saying that sarcastically. I'm asking you, do you think that's a good idea? Because it's not my place to judge whether it's good or not good, good or bad. It's not my place. Uh, you live your life as you want to live your life. All I'm here to do is to be a catalyst, to be a light bulb for which you to, hey, hey, let me entertain this idea because I don't give a shit about your feelings. I don't give a shit about anyone's feelings. Is I said the same thing for uh, the girl in the previous potter when I was talking about all the things that she could have done in a negative self way. And I painted a lot of dark shit because I don't care about hurting people's feelings. All I care about is getting to the truth of things. So I want to say to you, Sass, here is that you've got to get to that place of, and get to that place, I've said that too much, got to make sure I repeat the same things. But you've essentially got to, what I'd recommend, right, is that, all right, would I go forward and do that again? Was it a mistake to get sexually intimate with this dude who has a wife? Is that a good decision? Now, you can look at that from many different perspectives. You can look at it from the perspective of, well, if if you might you could if I take it the macro perspective, if she had never gone to the other dude, Tubbs, and told her about the secret, it might have it probably would have got kept secret a lot longer. Now, never indefinitely, you never know what, what B's gonna do. You never know what he's gonna do. He might let the secret out as well. So what I'm painting here is that there's a lot of room for explosions here. There's a lot of room for things to go wrong. So Sass, is that something you want to get into again? You acknowledge that, you break that down and you just acknowledge to yourself, hey, hey, did I make the right decision or the wrong decision? Did I get sharper or did I get duller? Did I allow for my life to get rocked or did I allow for my, right, my life to get more solid? And that's all it is. Like you just go step by step with that. So you look at it with that. What's the next thing you can go to? Well, when, because the next big thing for me and for that I would if I was speaking to you one-to-one SAS, is that, okay, it's probably, probably, just in my opinion, not the best idea to get into an affair with someone who's married. Probably not the best idea. A lot of other people in the world. However, human beings, human beings, biochemistry and uh, biological needs, sexual desires, romance, it's all there. I got empathy for you. I get it. We talked a lot about that in in that potter about cheating. I wish I had the number of it in my mind. I don't. So I get it. However, moving on past that now, when you felt like this dude was treating you wrong and all of a sudden things changed, uh, he started, you, I mentioned, you mentioned how he started to isolate a lot more. He started to only want to see you as, um, that's an interesting thing that I ballparked, or not ballparked, that I pinned up in my mind, that he started, the way that it changed was that he started to only want to see you in isolation. Now, let's just like, Back up for a second. Why would I do? Why might I do do that? 
why might a dude who's currently in a relation marriage, not just relationship, but in a marriage, why would he start to change the nature of the relationship with the woman he's cheating with as time starts to go on and get more and more isolated, especially with the isolation? Well, the first thing that comes to my mind is that he's starting to he's starting to feel internal discomfort. He's starting to feel like, okay, I'm doing something wrong here. This is not good. The chances of this getting uh, blown out, the chances of this being found out, it's getting real high right now. Temperatures are rising. So that's from the male perspective. That's one, that's one way that I could see him thinking. It could be a million things though. It could be a million different things. It could be just the fact that He's started his his diet went off that month, and the way that he was eating, his nutrition's off, and so his biochemistry is off, and so that he starts to think a little more depressed. He starts to think a little more negative. He's not doing the same things. He's not the same guy as when you first met. All right, it could be even something as what seemingly as small as that, but nutrition plays a huge role in your in your mood, hormones, all that stuff. So there's that. There's many different angles, but that's one thing I'll throw up. Tracking back now uh, to what I'm saying, to Sass is that. When he did that, all right, that's his 50. That's what he did to you. Now, you have to take full responsibility for the fact that you responded in bitterness. You felt hurt and you felt bittered, embittered. All right, that's the word. You felt hurt and embittered by his actions. Now, who's you? Let's not get down too deep down this rabbit hole. But when I say you got hurt and when you say you got hurt, it's not actually Sass that got hurt. It's Sass's ego that got hurt. It's not actually the intangible, unknowable spirit that is within yourself, what we a lot of us refer to as consciousness, that got hurt. It's this uh, construct within your mind known as SAS, who you think you are, your past, your future, everything you own, all your attachments to everything in life, okay? That got hurt because that has stature. That has expectations for how to be received. That has expectations for what to be given Everything and anything that revolves around Sass's ego has the potential to get hurt and embittered. So let's call that what it is because that's part of the acknowledgement. That's part of the responsibility. We've got to acknowledge that for what it is. Now, hold on, let me reset. So we get that clear. Moving on to the next thing. Why? Why did we act with that impetus, that being hurt, being embittered? Why did we choose to act the way that we did? This is what you need to be doing with yourself right now, Sass. You need to be diving into this. You need to be finding out why you did what you did so you never make these same mistakes again. Why would, and let's go out macro now because I've got to keep oscillating. This is actually quite a mental exercise for me right here, especially from the female perspective. But why might a girl, for, for, especially for dudes listening in right now, and girls as well, I guess, but definitely this is going to offer some guys some perspective here. Why might a girl who, when the relationship has been changed on her, even though she was party to the cheating, so she's not, it's not like uh, there's some great trust and attachment to this girl at this point. At least you would not think so compared to his wife. You would not think so, but hey, let's, let's not make too many assumptions. So why might a girl do that? Why might a girl, instead of directly saying to you, so put yourself in B's position, put yourself in the dude who's married's position. Why might the girl that you're cheating on when sorry, cheating with, Sass, why might she, instead of coming directly to you to say, hey, there's a problem here. I feel like that you're getting too isolated with me, that you're treating me differently, that these are the issues that I'm feeling within myself and I need you to understand this. Why would she not do that and instead take an indirect route and go to a fellow co-worker who full well, Full well she knows in her mind when she goes to confide with confide within this other co-worker that there is the percentage chance, however small it may be, that he's going to leak this. Because looking at it objectively and as logically as possible, it seems like a no-brainer. Like it seems like, yeah, why wouldn't she just come directly to me, tell me what's up, and try and work this shit out between us two? Because at least that gets contained within the relationship between us two. But instead, she chose to go through an indirect route that has a tremendous percentage chance, not even small. I think, because I know from personal experience, whenever you think you can confide in someone, you cannot confide in that person. Human beings are a gossip nature. The, the, the nature of the ego to gossip is it's unyielding. All right, so 
she knows the some percentage, some some percentage, some percentage. She may have had a little more trust in this Tubbs guy than I do, but as we found out, unfounded. So, anyways, why would she go down that path, which just seems wrought with potential catastrophe? Why? Why would she do that? Okay, that's great perspective. Think about that for a second. Uh, will I answer from his perspective? No, I might dive back to her perspective. Listen, because I want to play as fair as possible here. I want to play both sides and I want to be as benefit of the doubt as possible. So benefit of the doubt, one thing I could see from her perspective is that maybe she hasn't had the relationship with B in which that he set up the environment in the past and it might not be in the current, but definitely not in the past in which that she feels like, oh, if things aren't going well between us, I know that he's going to be there to listen to me. Maybe that's not there. Now, actually, now that I think about this story, she did say that they've had some, she was able to open up in the past. So maybe it's not that. But for those of you listening to this bottle, think about that in your relationships. Do you have the type of relationship with your partner, casual relationships? Have you had those relationships in the past? And you have you had this dynamic in the past where you felt like if there was any issue, any glimmer of an issue, no matter how small it is, that you could come running to your partner and say, listen, Jeff, shit's not right. I need to sit down with you and we need to go through with this. And that you knew that he would be there, she would be there to be able to receive you and go, yeah, of course. Of course, listen, you call me at the wrong time. Let me let me finish up this sweet potato and we'll get to it. Fucking get to it. So that's something that I want you guys to always have going on in your relationships. And it's, it's, the, it's a keystone of relationships. Open, direct, honest communication is something you need in all of them. But I'm now, so that's one thing, but it doesn't sound like that what that might be. Now that I've explored that, that doesn't sound like what it might be for her because it sounds like he's the type of dude she could go to to open up to. So why else might a girl who has this direct path, why would she take the indirect path that is going to, it's way more likely to fuck shit up? Why would she do that? There has to be something that I'm probably not illuminated to. It's got to be something between to do between the two. Because on all logical, objective matters, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense that she would not go directly towards this guy unless there's something he's said, something he's done, something that's given her a reason. You know, because just like... Now, hold on a second, Adam. Putting way too much pressure on him. Putting too much pressure on him. What if it's just that she hasn't evolved to the point of being able to have a direct conversation about her feelings. Hmm. How about that? That might hurt. That might hurt to hear, Sass. Good. Good. If it Now, of course, I'm not saying that's the case. I'm not saying anything's the case in this potter. All I'm saying is that it could be. It might be. It may be. And this is the conversations you have to have with yourself. You should never rule out anything, even with yourself. Never rule out the potential and possibility that it could have been that, yes, while you knew there was a direct route to go directly to your partner when you felt something was wrong and to actually tell him this is what's wrong and to try and work that out. But instead, because you knew that would be confrontational, you knew that would be a difficult conversation to have. Instead, you took the easy path of the indirect route, which is going to someone who's not party to this, even though there was tremendous risk in that, even though there was ridiculous risk in that and that this could blow everything up, which it did which it did at the time, you don't know what's going to happen, but which it did at now that we know. And so in the short term, you saved yourself a lot of pain. In the short term, yeah, it was a lot easier to go to Tubbs, oh, Tubbs here, and tell him everything about how this guy's mistreating me. He's just seeing me as a sexual object now, just sexual gain now, and he's not here for the, the friendship that I thought we were here. Now, now everything you're saying, everything that, that's there, Sass, it's all founded. It's so grounded. I'm not arguing with any of that. I'm not arguing with the mistreatment. I'm not arguing with anything. All I'm trying to illuminate is that don't you think that would have been better said directly to the source? Yeah, of course. Of course. Now looking back, retrospect, of course. Now, we might say, hey, listen, Adam, things are easy in retrospect. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. That's why in retrospect, you don't grow as much, right? Retrospect gives you the potential to grow. But the actual growth happens in the moment at hand, in the moment that you have when you are faced with a situation where you know you've got a hard decision to make. The growth happens in whether you take the hard decision or the easy decision. 
right? Easy decisions, a little growth. Hard decisions, a lot of growth. And so you didn't do that. Now, why you didn't do that, this is too much for me to uh, conjecture over. There's too many things, too many, too many angles, too many variables for me to dive into that would, so I'm not going to even try and shoot at it, but let's call it what it is. You took the easy decision. For whatever the reason may be, you did. So now what I'm thinking is, and you're thinking, let's tie it right back to the tactics and things. How does this girl get the joy back in her life? She gets the joy back in her life by making progression. And the way that she makes progression is by saying, well, this is what I did wrong. I took an easy decision. I took the easy decision instead of making the hard and difficult conversation with my partner to address with him the issues going on and building up within me. So I won't do that again. I won't take the easy decision again. Next time this is uh, presupposed, right? the next time that this is a problem for me, I will recognize this because I now have experience. I will not shy away. I will face it directly in the mirror and go, ha, ha, I've seen this. I've seen what happens when we take easy decisions in life. It might be short-term goods in the moment, but it always absolutely catastrophically destroys everything in the post. In the post, it's always much, much worse than anything that you could have faced in the short-term moment. Go straight back to the cold showers. Go to the cold showers. This is why cold showers teach you so much about life, right? In the short term, it is very, there is so much pain in the short, in the short term of doing a cold shower. But in the long term, it's so much easier. It gets easier and easier and easier. And then when you start to go out into the cold, you don't need fucking five layers of jackets, right? You know, it's, there's so much long-term gain, but but if you drag it out and you drag out the process of getting into the cold shower, drag out the process of having the difficult conversation, things just get harder and harder and harder. So I'm talking about relative progression. I'm talking about how you get the joy back in your life. Well, if you can firmly, firmly sass, come into that place within your mind of going, okay, next time I acknowledge what I now need to do. So next time I'll have that difficult conversation. Next time. No matter how painful it may be in the short term, how scared I am, how anxious I am, how much fear is just bubbling up inside of me, I'm going to go straight to B. I'm going to say, listen, there's something going on inside me. I feel like our relationship has changed. When would be the best time to sit down, communicate, discuss this because I can't move on forward with this inside me. I can't do it. Okay? So you effectively communicate to your partner there is an issue with me. We need to sit down and discuss this. Now, it's always simple. The things you need to do in life, they're always simple. Never easy, though. Never easy. In fact, if anything, always the most difficult. The things you need to do, they're always the most difficult. Why? Because they always offer you the most opportunity to grow. And growth doesn't happen without pain. Growth doesn't happen. Because what, what is growth? What, what, what idea? What world would this be if you could grow into a better version of yourself if you didn't have to go through some form of pain, right? Just look at, look at, what is it? It's not just the caterpillar, it's the bloody, look at the larvae emerging from the cocoon, right? Look at the chicken emerging from the egg. There's a reason, reason why that shit isn't easy. I, I love that analogy because if it was so easy for the, the little blob of larvae to emerge, I'm sorry if I'm getting that term wrong, biology nerds, but you know, whatever it is, if it was so easy for that thing to become the beauty of which is that a butterfly, we would not appreciate the butterfly. You appreciate the butterfly because of the tremendous struggle that little blob of white goo had to go through to break through the cocoon and grow wings to do a more fly. Right? You appreciate that because of the struggle. The struggle is the good. The good is in the struggle. So Sass, that is how you start to feel good. You start to feel good because, oh, I'm now going to make better decisions, more difficult decisions. And that's in micro, but macro, in macro, you acknowledging the fact that I, I made that mistake. Yes. Now with that, I know what I need to do better next time. That is the puzzle, puzzle locked in. That's the puzzle locked in, right? When you can finally see what it is you would do differently next time. And what does that require? Humility, honesty, self-awareness, the acknowledgement, the responsibility, everything that you're kind of already in that I want you to go harder into now. And then next step, it's just that what would I do better next time? What would I do differently next time? Now, that seems very simple if you don't have an ego. 
But if your ego is attached to what you did, why you did it, rationalizations, reasons for this, I did this because of this, this was wrong done, I was wrong done by, all that different shit, then it's going to be very difficult for you to start feeling good again. And of course, I'm not saying this is your exact thought process. I don't know what rationalizations you're making. I don't know what it is you're attached to. Now let's move on to attachment here. Let's move on to attachment because she's obviously attached to the pain of which that was caused. Sass, I can feel in your email, which is probably why I wanted to sit down here. You're attached to the pain that this created. Now that might sound a little masochistic. That might sound a little like, really? Yes, really. People, human beings, egos, super attached to the pain they create. Now it doesn't seem very beneficial, does it? It doesn't seem very helpful to go through an experience, create a whole bunch of pain for yourself and others, and then actually like that. Like that in the sense that I want to keep that. I want to keep that because there is a there is a satisfaction in scratching the wound. There is a satisfaction in remembering what the wound was and to not letting it fully heal. And I have discussed this in other videos, but let me unpack it a little more for you right now. The satisfaction in that. The satisfaction in that because not in a devilish, not in a Fifty Shades Grey where I'm talking about you like to get whipped. I'm not talking about it like that. I don't, I don't think that's the mindset she's going through. But this is the mindset for a lot of people in that they are very reluctant to let go of their hurt lockers and what is within those hurt lockers because of because of a lot of things really. But maybe, and I, that's why I'm, I'm reluctant to conjecture what it might be for SAS. But for a lot of people, it's that when they create a lot of pain, there is an attachment to, I created that pain. And as fucked up and wrong as it seems, human beings love to attach to anything and everything that that said human being creates. That is, and it goes for both polar ends. You know, you attach to the things that you create that create happiness, that create joy. You know, look at children. Look at children. People are so attached to their children. So attached. To the point where they would rather not live this life if their children weren't in this life. Okay? Their attachment in that way. Is that healthy? Doesn't seem like it. Doesn't seem like it's going to cause them a tremendous amount of psychological trauma with that type of with that type of uh, attachment. You know, look at people's dogs. People with their dogs. Things that bring tremendous joy. But their lives get rocked and their psychological attachment to their pets. Does it seem healthy? No, it doesn't. If you, if you can't learn to exist in this life with the idea of death and what that means and to come to a harmony within yourself of, I'm not attached to anyone or anything. I don't own anyone or anything. If you can't come to that, you're going to cause yourself a lot of psychological unrest. Now, it, now the, I just spoke on a whole bunch of joy-based, happiness-based attachments, but it goes in both ways. When you create shit, you like to fester on shit. When you create negativity in your life, you like to dwell in it because at a very core level, at least you created it. No matter how bad it was, no matter how many volcanoes this erupted, I set off that volcano. And that might not be the thought process that you're going through, but it is in fact what it manifests as. You might not be sitting there sass going, yeah, yeah, look at this volcano that I set off. You're not happy about it. And I know you're not happy about it because of this email. Some people are. Some people are. Some people love to cause uh, tremendous pain in other people's lives. Those people are sociopaths. And there's a, there's a, there's a reasonable amount of them in the 7.7 .7 billion of us around this world. There's a reasonable amount of us. And uh, even if it's only 1% of 7.7 .7 billion, that's a lot of people still that are sociopathic. I don't think SAS is sociopathic though. I feel like that she made mistakes. I feel like she knows what the mistakes were. And I feel like now she needs to get to the place of rectifying those mistakes within herself going, well, I'll do this differently next time. Then pass that, let go of the attachment. Three steps there. Let go past, get past, get to the point of no more attachment to this pain. When you acknowledge that you did in fact cause pain for others and yourself, done. We're done with that. There is no more benefit to thinking about it anymore. Now, there's something real key we need to dive into here, which is that, well, does that mean that the pain leaves me as soon as I acknowledge that I let go of the pain? No. No. This is, the, this is where I separate from woo-woo. This is where I get real practical, which is that 
Some people might have you believe that in acknowledging your pain and acknowledging the shit that you caused, that somehow equals, ah, feeling good now. Feeling good immediately. Okay, so I went through I went through this this cheating fiasco, this cheating shit party in which that I was wrong I felt wrong done by by this guy that I was cheating with who's cheating on his wife. And you know, past that, where there's a whole bunch of problems within that in and of itself, but past that, I acted irresponsibly. I acted in a inevolved, unevolved way in which that he treated me different, treated me wrong. They're fine. That's his 50. But instead of taking a mature stance on that and going straight to the source and rectifying that directly in containment, instead of doing that, I decided to do the complete opposite. I do the complete opposite. And so, my brain just tipped off because I was thinking about the marriage for a second. Anyways, and so, even with all that said, the pain, the pain caused. And this is where I'm smiling. Some people would have you believe if you acknowledge and just acknowledging pain was caused, that you are now somehow entitled for pain free. Not in my mind. Not what, or at least not what I've seen with myself and what I've seen with others. Yes, you must acknowledge that pain was caused, but that doesn't mean that you get off scot free. That doesn't mean that there's an immediate alleviation. Now, is there the alleviation? Because this might sound like, well, it's like almost paradoxical in the sense that I'm telling you, you have to let go of your attachment of the pain caused. Yeah, but it's not that paradoxical now that when you hear it that way, because when you let go of your attachment to pain caused, that doesn't entitle you to now forget the lessons emotionally. That's the woo-woo thing that I was getting into. That there are some people that would have you believe that just by letting go of your attachment to pain, that all of a sudden, immediately upon doing that, you start to feel great. You start to feel amazing. No, in my mind, it at least gets you moving towards feeling great and feeling fantastic. Because essentially what I'm saying here is, what does this all boil down to? It boils down to the fact that you cause pain for others and yourself. So there should be a debt incurred because of that. And just because we get to the place of letting go of the attachment to said pain caused... That doesn't mean that we we just all of a sudden get let off the hook and that the depression caused by that, the social unrest, the psychological unrest, the inability to sleep well, the inability to eat well should just now all of a sudden disappear. No, it won't disappear immediately, Sass. But what are your options? Your options are either, it's quite binary, it's either you don't let go of your attachment to the pain in which that it will always be in your hurt locker, which means that you will always be in pain for the rest of your life over this. That's option A. Or option B, you let go of your attachment to the pain, which how do we do that? We acknowledge that we in fact cause some of this, if not all of it. We cause some of this. We take full responsibility at least for ourselves. We acknowledge that and then we look at what we would do differently and then finally, let it go. Because there's no more benefit past that point. Once you do those two things that I've mentioned countless times now, which is why I keep driving hard into that. Once you do those two things, there's no more benefit. There's nothing more to be derived. The only thing more that comes from ruminizing, marinating, and just diving and delving into this thing is that more pain. It's just you're going back to option A. So in option B, there's a third step there, which is that let go. Now, let's move on beyond that to really more what I was saying there before, which is that, well, we'll let him go because that's the question. We'll let him go automatically make her feel amazing. No, it won't. Because she doesn't deserve to feel amazing automatically. Why would she? Why would she deserve to feel great when she knows she did something wrong? When she made decisions that were not optimal? When she did not choose the difficult choice and instead chose the easy choice? You don't, in this life, you don't get to feel self-esteem, self-confidence and just brimming with self-approval if you act unapprovingly, it's like, but so many people get this wrong. They feel like there's like, there's this entitlement to feeling good. If I just say, well, yeah, just, I let go of the attachment of the pain. I'm no longer responsible for the pain, right? Right. And you're not, I, that's all fine. But that doesn't mean that we all of a sudden get entitled to feeling amazing immediately. I just wanted to really paint that out for you guys, because there's too much in my, from what I see, there is too much talk about, you know, just like, woo-woo shit about how the pain caused can all of a sudden be 
the debt and the debt from that can all of a sudden just be wiped off the plate. If it could be wiped off the plate like that, because it never works out that way, but if it could, even if it could, you wouldn't learn anything. Let me reset. Sass, the reason why you feel like shit, the reason why you're not eating well, sleeping well, is because there is a lesson to be learned. Now, what I'm really trying to say here is that that doesn't have to be the rest of your life, though. It doesn't have to be the rest of your life if you can let go of the attachment to the pain. Yes, I caused it. However, I'm going to learn from that and move forward and never make that mistake again. Never fall over the same rock twice. That's your mentality. That's my mentality, at least, going forward when I make a tremendous mistake. That's how you evolve forward. That's how you evolve into that butterfly, spread those wings, and become someone who goes into the next relationship able to guide other people, able to be a better rock, a better stone for someone else to rest upon. That's how you do that. You do not do that by attaching to this pain within your hurt locker and letting it fester and melt for the rest of the time. You even said something in there. You said something that I hear girls say all the time, and it, it bites me in the wrong way. You said, and I hate myself for it. Excuse me? Hate yourself for it? You hate yourself because you made a mistake? Hey, no one in this life is perfect. And as far as I can see, this life is all about the journey to perfection. Key word there, journey. Journey to perfection. Because what does that infer? The journey's never over. You'll never reach perfection. What does that infer? Mistakes will always be there to be made. If you can get to that place, please get to that place. There is no hating yourself. Because if you can just see things, break things down in this way, hey, I made a mistake and I have to live with the consequences, but that does not mean I have to live in a state of disrepair psychologically. Yes, I'll, I can never change what has been done. What has been done has been done. But you do not need to hate yourself for that. Because listen, in hating yourself for that, you'll never be able to bring the best of yourself to others going forward. You will only deteriorate because of that mindset. Now, does that mean, Adam, does that mean she now goes ahead and says, well, I love myself because I made those mistakes? No, because then you would not learn. So these are the two polars. These are the things where it's like the self-hate, the self-downward talk, the stuff that leads people to get embittened and to only digress and regress into worse versions of themselves over time is because of that self-loathing, that self-hate. Now, on the other on the, on the other end of the perspective and the other end of this scale, there is that, oh, well, I love myself anyway. I love myself anyway because of, because of these mistakes. And I love that I made these mistakes. No, not that either. In my mind, not that either. Like, love yourself for sure, but not, don't, don't give yourself a pat on the back because you made these mistakes. You only get the pat on the back if you have the self-acknowledgement, responsibility, and awareness, honesty, and humility to be able to go forward and acknowledge the mistake made, let go of the pain of which you caused. So you're not on that end, and you're not on that end. You're sitting in that sweet honeydew middle, and now let's go forward. Because it's, it's that balance between acknowledging pain, feeling it, and then making sure it never happens again. Because make no mistake, Sass, all of this is on you. All of this is on you. You want to argue with that? Really? Anyone who wants to argue with that? This situation would not happen without her. Now, are there other actions that influence this? Yes. But that, didn't, that doesn't dictate her response. The way that people come at us, the way that people act towards us, that's their 50. That's their shit. That's their karma, if you want to use that spiritual term. That's everything that they will have to deal with in time, in consequence. It's got nothing to do, though, with what you choose to do. So every action you make, everything you say, always check yourself. Check yourself on that, hey, I did that, I said that, and I would not be in this situation without having doing that or said that. Having done that or said that. That's real. That's real. Too much in this world of people that will not take responsibility. Full responsibility. Always take full responsibility. It's not being blind to that this person, like for, for Tubbs, for example. Yeah, Tubbs dick move by telling the rest of the office that she's cheating with this guy. Dick move. But you can't blame Tubbs. You can't blame Tubbs because he wouldn't have had anything to tell anyone if you did not tell him. That's the responsibility here, man. 
So I just will not, I will not entertain the conversation when anyone says, no, it's not a full responsibility. I can't take full responsibility. These other people, these other people. Yeah, but these other people aren't even party to this if you don't even engage it. That's how we run. So, so where do we go from here? Where do we go from here, Sass? Your joy and your happiness is to be found in progression. I said that, I've been saying that, all potto, and I said it right at the beginning. So let me kind of wrap that up. You're not entitled to feel good immediately. We've said that. I just want to make sure you understand that. But what you are able to do is to get back on the path to feeling good. The way that you get back on that path is everything I've just detailed, but in a real short way. Stop blaming yourself for the mistake. You've already acknowledged it. You've already said it's been said, it's been done. As long as you get the lesson, move on. Now, how much time will it take for her to repair? Depends on how strong she is. Depends on how strong she is. Depends on her lifestyle. Depends on the what she eats. Depends on how she sleeps. How she what she does before bed, right? All those things. It depends on how she views herself, her self worth. It depends on whenever she feel whether she feels entitled to feeling good again, because relative progress only happens with the will to do so. If you don't have the will to progress, which is that in Sass's case. I have the will to start feeling better. I have the impetus within me to bring joy back into my life and not to allow this experience to affect the rest of my life. Right? I don't know if she has kids. She's single. doesn't mean she doesn't have kids. But you know, maybe she wants to have kids one day. How are you ever going to be a full version of yourself if this is in the hurt locker? If you're carrying around this pain and you want to have kids, they're never going to receive the best version of you. Future husband, future boyfriend, future casual relationship, future anyone that you want to interact with. Don't you want them to have the best of you, Sass? Don't you want every single experience for the rest of your life to receive the best of you? I just want to leave that pause there. Because with that will you will now progress. If you say to that, yes, I do. Yes, I do, Adam. But don't don't automatically respond to it. Don't go, well, yeah, of course, because that might sound rhetorical. It's not a rhetorical question. I am asking those questions in full, full explicit nature. I need you to come to a place inside of yourself where you actually say, yes or no. Notice how I didn't say yes. Notice how I didn't say yes. Because I don't care whether you say no. I don't care. It's your choice. I have no stake in your emotional well-being. I have no stake in your psychological well-being. And you know what, Sass? Neither does anyone else. No one else cares about your psychological well-being as much as you do. I care enough being a stranger who doesn't even know what you look like. I don't even know what you look like. I've never even spoken to you. I've received one email from you. I'm a little crazy, though. Because I care enough to make this content for you. Most people don't care that much. Your family, your close family probably cares a little bit more than me. But it's about it. They don't care. They don't, they don't care enough to spend every each and waking second and moment with you to disregard all of their lives to make sure your life gets back on track. It's not how life works. We are each responsibility, responsible. We are each responsible for our own well-being, psychological happiness, and joy. So that's why I say yes or no. I need you to come to the place. I don't need you to say yes. I don't need you to say to me, yes, Adam. I do want every experience for the rest of my life to have the best of me. And that includes all people, all things, all beings going to receive the best of me. In which case I am going to let go of my attachment to the pain caused here. I don't need you to say yes to that. I don't need you to get on that path. No one else needs you to say that and get you on the path. Other people would like that. I'm sure your friends and family would like that for you. But at a core level, they're not going to do anything beyond what's considered reasonable, which is just be an ear for you. Then, And most importantly here, they can't do it for you. And neither can I. So if you say no to it, if you go, actually, that's too difficult. That's too fucking difficult. This pain for me is too much. I want to carry around this emotional hurt locker for the rest of my life, knowing full well it'll affect all my relationships with family, friends, potential children, if you don't already have children, uh, with sexual relationships, with 
your purpose in life, what your career, what, what you're doing with other people, the community, everything, city, state, and country, whatever you're doing, it's going to affect all of that. But I acknowledge that, and that's okay. Fine with me. Fine with me, Sass, because it's not on me. It's not on anyone else but you. And with that, there is beauty. With acknowledging that ultimate level of self-responsibility, there is beauty. There is beauty because it just is what it is. There's no dancing around it. This just all cards out on the table. Faces up. Faces up. What you holding? What you holding, Sass? And that's that's the great that's the way that you move forward here. And notice how I've been particularly raw with you. Particularly raw with you. Just like I was with the other girl in the previous uh, female photo, female photo, the female context. Because there's a tendency for guys to take it easy on girls. There's a tendency for guys to, for, the, for at least for the male perspective and the male society, to give girls an out, to allow a girl's psychological trauma to slide, oh, because she's a girl. Oh, we expect girls to be emotional. We expect girls to not think level-headed and to make irreparable decisions and to, att- and to say things like, yeah, I hate myself. I hate myself because of this. Yeah, I don't fly with that. That's not the world that I want to live in. Let me reset here. So you're never going to hear me take it easy on a girl just because she's a girl. And for all those reasons. For all those reasons. Now, that doesn't mean I don't have empathy. That doesn't mean I don't understand her hormonal and emotional disposition and presupposition to certain situations, especially romantic ones. No, I fully understand how this all comes to be, but I'm never going to let you slide especially when it comes to self-cultivation and especially when it comes to the evolvement of your consciousness and your psyche. I will never let that slide because that's not the daughter I want and it's not the community I want. That's not the woman that I want teaching my children. That's not the woman that I want taking care of my wounded and sick. That's not the woman that I want leading the country, the world, helping people in other countries, everything and anything. I don't want weak women. I want my women, and when I say my, I'm not, taking, I'm not saying that in a weird personal ownership. I don't want the world's women, there you go. I don't want the world's women to be weak. I want every woman out there to be as strong as every man out there. Psychologically, don't get into me with a biological battle. I want, but this is, you know, getting beyond those, nuance, those uh, sticky nuances. Essentially what I'm saying here, Sass, is that you have the power within you to come to a place of full ownership, full responsibility to create joy in your life. You can very simply do it. Not easy though. Do not expect the pain to erode in a day, in a moment. No, expect the pain that it's going to take some time for that to filter out. But it only can filter out if you allow it to. If you attach to the pain, it will never filter out. It will stay in your hurt locker, affecting every single relationship going forward. Okay? Acknowledge all that and you'll be back on the path to feeling good. Now, I just want to say one last thing here as we wrap up this potter. Relative progress. Will Sass start to feel good? Do you think it's likely that she will start to feel good with this type of mentality I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Because progress is relative. If she was previously thinking, I hate myself because of this, but now as a result of listening to this potter, finds that, oh, actually, I don't have to hate myself. I can just take responsibility for the mistakes and move forward, in which that I can get back to loving myself. That's going to make you feel good. Even though it's tiny. Even though it's small. Because it's all relative. Going from hating yourself to just letting go of that even concept, and then now it's enough, just acknowledge the mistake, move forward. Acknowledge the mistake, move forward. Very simple. It's all very relative. Now, does that mean she's going to feel 100%? No, but it's from zero to one. And 1% always feels better than zero. That's what relative progress is. It's just relative to where the hell you are. So that's what I encourage if you would like to entertain my style of thinking, Sass. If you would like to move forward in the way that I've said, evolve in the way that I've said, learn from these mistakes in the way that I've said, then go ahead and maybe listen to this potter again. Take some notes. Have a night on your own. Have several nights on your own. Have weeks on your own in moments. Don't completely isolate yourself, but make sure 
you have the window of opportunity to get real with you. Get real with you in the sense that this is this is what I would if you want to like if you want to like actually take like a visual of what would Adam do if this actually happened to him, if this somehow appeared in his life. Well, what I would do is that I would actually get out a notepad and pen or my Evernote, probably notepad and pen for something this destructive. I kind of need to feel that tangibility rather than just tapping on a screen. I want to write this shit down, and what I'm going to write down is exactly everything that happened and how it happened and why it happened. Just everything illuminated, cards up, faces up, what do we got? Once that's done, next, everything that I made a mistake on, everything that I messed up, everything that I could have potentially done differently next time. Boom. Below that, everything I will do differently next time. So you acknowledge the mistake and then you know what the improvement is. Every improvement I could make, every decision I could have done differently. And I've, I've listed out a whole bunch of them, but this is the wrap up. So I'm summarizing here. So you're going to list that out. Once you list all them out, then final thing, I draw a line under that. And then I write out in mass capitals, let go, let go, done, done. Just exclamation mark, exclamation mark, because there's no more. There's no more after that. You don't get to write any more after that. You don't get to think any more after that if you've committed to letting go. Now, does that mean you forget, Adam? No, no. You've consolidated the lessons and you have banked them in the memory. You do not need to harvest continuously, just repeatedly on these mistakes. No, because you learn. You learn and you do something different next time. And now we move move forward into life and we can start to bring the best of ourselves over time. Over time, bring the best of ourselves. Not this woo-woo bullshit in which that when you suddenly write, let go, oh, now I feel amazing. No, that leads to even more psychological issues because you're in denial. Because you're, you're just in denial in a, positive, in, a, in a positive way. Like there's a mask. So there are masks going on here. The positive mask is just as bad as the negative mask. Let me finish with this. The positive mask is just as bad as the negative mask. People that self-hate and that wear that mask, that is just as bad to me anyway, as people that self-love in a masking way, that pretend that everything's just amazing all the fucking time. That is just as unhealthy as pretending that things are just as world terrible all the fucking time, right? What I'm looking for is masks off, masks off, full responsibility, full acknowledgement, full illumination of what is happening, then you can move forward. What a sum up. What a sum up. So... Holy shit, I'm out of water. Hang on. So. That's right, mothers. Prepare with that water. So what is it from now? What is it from now? Everything I just said. Hope you guys had a great one. Hope you guys had a great one. Hope you guys appreciate the raw nature of this. Hope you appreciate that I just... I'll never change in that sense. I will never take it easy on people based on gender, based on stature, uh, sociological backgrounds, uh, socioeconomic backgrounds, anything to do with that nature. Oh, sorry, I'm probably this straw is probably pissing the shit out of you. <laughs> Just realizing that's making an annoying noise. I'll never take it easy. This is how I roll. So I'm going to say here, I wish you guys the best in your journey as always. And I'm going to wrap up with my plugs. If you guys would like to dive deeper, ebook on the website, baldojo.com. That's where this potter is brought to you by my website. Uh, ebook, Crash Course to Kick-Ass Day Game. Crash Course Action Guide to Getting Out There Meeting Girls in the Day. I know it sounds like a bit of a strange plug now as we just talk about the female perspective, but hey, it is what it is. I don't have a female ebook, so maybe sometime in the future. Hey, that's an interesting idea. I'll park that. And uh, yeah, you guys can pick that up on the website. Booking one-on-one Skype calls. Mm, excuse me booking one-on-one Skype calls. There we go. You want to dive into this deep context. You want to get this shit real and really allow me to get the full context. I love the Skype calls. I've been doing so many of them lately. Hence why the editing has been a bit slow as well. So you can book those one-on-one, your context, your stories, get the real shit there. And then finally, the deepest level, boot camps. If you want to have the path illuminated for you, right? you're dealing with social anxiety. Just don't know what the hell you're doing wrong when it comes to meeting girls out in the day. Let me know. Serious inquiries only, though, because the bootcamp process is something intense. So that's all there. Plugs are there. That helps support me, helps support the channel. By the way, guys, I've got a link in the description down below because guys have been asking for it. And I realized it was not an option I was providing before. If you want to support this potter, 
and just you know keep me making this shit or you just want to dish me it you know a lot of guys like say to me like after this shit i get so many great messages from guys are saying hey adam where can i send you just a you know a couple bucks for a tea or you know where, where can i uh, what's your paypal you know that type of stuff and i realized i never really i've never put that in the description of anything because i don't know i just i don't do this to get paid i, I do this to affect change in this world but if you guys feel the need or feel the wish and desire to donate to this potter and keep this shit going keep the lights on so to speak then i'll put a link down below for my paypal me dot link paypal.me link which is really simple you can just send whatever you want to send there that's it that's all i'm going to say i thank you guys so much for listening the best place to engage me outside of these potters is instagram at ui tang one that's where you're going to get receive daily content if you have deep messages like this don't want to type them out on instagram go ahead and email me at boldojo.com that's my website in the about me section there's a contact form you can send it up there so thank you guys very much for listening much peace and much joy ciao